0: How are we doing, folks? It's episode number 29 of Fitter Food Radio, and of course, it's myself, Matt Whitmore, with. Oh, sorry. <laughs> Wake up, love. Yep.
1: <laughs> Keris just stood there
0: in a complete daze, so I thought I'd (laughs) try and catch her off guard, and it worked perfectly well. It's your podcast as well, you know.
1: (laughs) I leave this bit to you, I just zone out.
0: You do, don't you? Okay, guys, so Fear Food Radio episode number 29. The number 29 rings bells with me, because I am 29. Babe. So we figured, wouldn't it be fitting to do uh, Matt's story? I don't know if you remember, quite a few episodes back, we'd done Keris' story and her journey, which was awesome. You know insight into her world, so to speak and and how she got onto uh this current path that she's on and kind of the ups and downs that she experienced with her health and whatnot over the years. Because um, it's it's things like that, that really kind of give people a, a real in- insight in, into why we do what we do, so to speak. Um, because we haven't always had it easy, have we? No. Um, you know, we've had our own health issues. And it, it's those kind of problems that make us wiser, we learn from them, and hopefully you learn from them too. And we did say we're do match story. But I think we got a little bit sidetracked with other episodes, and maybe for People don't want to hear about me.
1: <laughs> no, we they, fi- do. Yes, <laughs> they do.
0: Yes, they do. So we figured, as it's episode number 29, and I'm 29,
1: We're let's do Matt's story. story.
0: Um, so hopefully you guys will get a, you know, how I got to where I am, if you like. But
1: I think everyone can learn from your story as well. I know I always, in fact, I learn more reading about other nutritionists and trainers' experiences. Uh, and I th- I just find it more engaging and I'm able to take bits away and think yeah yeah that that rings bells with me I'm going to try it so I think people love lots of takeaways
0: well I think with your I with know with your, your uh, episode it was a, an incredibly popular episode and you got so many emails didn't you and Facebook messages just saying oh my god like I can totally relate to that like yeah. you pretty much described me and 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 I think as well it's quite reassuring for people knowing that with a lot of issues that you know other people might have you've had first-hand experience with yeah, in yourself definitely. um so hopefully uh there'll be a few nuggets within my my story <laughs> that uh, people can get stuff from as well so should we get into it
1: yeah this definitely. is kind of weird this is so like i've got to take home am i going to
0: be doing most of the talking? i've for got a to do the
1: role of interviewer here wow so don't
0: mess it up <laughs> matthew
1: <laughs> welcome to fitter food radio <laughs> Nice to have you on the show.
0: <laughs> it's a pleasure to be here, Kerris. Thank you so much for having me.
1: Would you like to start by telling...
0: <laughs> it doesn't feel right, does no. it? It feels a bit weird. I'll just get into
1: it. No, no. Okay, let me... Let's... Let, I reckon we need to kick off with... Tell everybody about your training backgrounds, because it started at a really early age, and it's really fascinating how you got into exercise. Existential... You're good at it, actually. <laughs>
0: I'm going to flip roles next time. Um... <laughs> Well, yeah, I suppose I, I kind of, from a very, 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 very very young age, um, always had a passion for not even necessarily training, if you like, because I suppose when you're younger, you just, you know, the things you do as training, do you, you yeah. do it because you enjoy it. And yeah. I always had a huge passion for any sport. And for as long as I can remember, I was playing tennis, football, basketball, uh, just anything that involved movement and sport I, I, I would love and I was always incredibly competitive but
1: where did fr- you get that from because it wasn't your mum
0: <laughs> yeah why oh, don't listen to this well I, I honestly put it all down to, to to my granddad he you know when I was younger you know even as an older guy you know was a was a you know had a huge presence you know you know very big build broad shoulders etc and was still physically very strong even in his old age and You know, he he always had manual labour jobs, he was in the army and just was always physically fit. And it was something that he would always kind of drum home to me, like the importance of being strong and healthy, et cetera, et cetera. And my granddad used to have this little warm-up routine he'd do up every morning, you know, like you know, I'd come into the living room sometimes and he'd be doing like mobility drills and stuff. And and that was always quite cool. And it it, it rubbed off onto me, like I'd start doing it as well, thinking, oh, you know, if my granddad's doing it, like this must be (laughs) the right thing to do. But I had like an obsession with, uh, you always correct me on this, genre. Claude Van Damme, not Jean-Claude. Jean Claude, <laughs> not Jean. 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 Jean Claude Van Damme. <laughs> I always thought it was quite a feminine name for such a bitch bloke. <laughs> yeah. I want to look like
1: Jean. So, so uh,
0: Jean Claude Van Damme was like a bit of an idol for me. Like when I was younger, and I used to watch his films, etc. And I always used to mimic what he used to do in like blood sport or kickboxer and, and stuff like that. All those classic uh, Jean Claude Van Damme films. If anyone else is a fan, and uh, I kept asking my granddad, I was like, "Ah, oh, can you get me some weights? Can you get me some weights, please?" And he told me that, he gave me two tins of baked beans. As soon as you can curl two tins of baked beans a hundred times in one go with, with full range of movement, and I was like, "Well, this is easy. It's two tins of baked beans." And believe it or not, I couldn't do it.
1: <laughs> I think I was
0: about ten at the time, and it's bloody hard. Like, I mean, how much is a tin of baked beans? God knows, four hundred grams or something. Yeah, maybe like half a kilo, like pathetic, really. And I couldn't do it. Um, but I was like, I, I was having none of it. So the next day, I went for it again, and I managed to do it. Um, but it turns out he already had the pair of dumbbells for me anyway, uh, so he was going to give them to me. And he gave me these little two kilo. And I was, I was just doing, like, random stuff that I guess, you know, I f- thought was good, you know, like, bicep curls, shoulder presses, just stuff I'd see in, like, magazines, side raises. I think I'd done, like, dumbbell, like, star jumps and whatnot. Like, <laughs> like, there was no real method to what I was doing, but I just, I just loved doing it. Um, and then it was only a matter of time before these little dumbbells were way too light, and my granddad bought me a full. You know, it's the old school classic York barbell set, the you know, bench the, and
1: everything. Oh. the gold
0: plates. No, no bench at this point. <laughs> it's just like barbells, dumbbells with the gold plates and the red collars because I didn't really know what I was doing, of course, because I think I was about 11 at this point. All I'd done was is literally I would do a circuit every day of every single exercise that there was an image for on the instructions pack
1: That's amazing. <laughs> with York.
0: And it was, you know, it was all stuff like uh, floor presses because I didn't have a bench. Shoulder presses, upright rows, side raises, barbell rows, squats, and I—I literally used to do. I used to do fifteen reps of every single exercise, one after the other, and I don't even do one set of everything. Um, <laughs> but I just go through the whole set. was about like thirty exercises or something. Um, but I used to love it, and I used to literally do it every single day. Uh, did
1: any friends join you in
0: this? Like, oh God, no. Really? No, but. It, what did
1: they think of you doing it?
0: I suppose no one really knew, but at school like, I was kind of like <laughs> secret exercise, se- secret trainer. But uh, even at secondary school, from a young age, like, I always had uh, quite big guns, so to speak, yeah. um, which were kind of like like people like commented on and yeah. stuff like that. Because you
1: were still you trained then all the way through high school. Oh yeah,
0: yeah. definitely. Like and and it, my granddad was always like uh, like it was only a matter of time before I, I couldn't fit any more plates on the end of the bar, and I think the, the I think the set was like it was only like a forty kilo set all told but still you know by this point you know about the age of 12 and whatnot I was doing everything with 40 kilos so then I joined a gym I got into the gym training so to speak yeah. I, I lied about my age luckily I was quite tall and I just said I was 16 in fact I was 13 and, and, and joined a gym <laughs> yeah, yeah. but the thing was is that you know I'd go to the gym and you know I was still only young and and I still had no real direction with what I was doing I just enjoyed training um so I again because you know, no sense of real direction. I just thought, well, I want to train everything when I to go to the gym. So I'm just going to do three sets of 15 on every single bit of kit in the gym. <laughs> that
1: must have taken ages. I did.
0: I was in the gym like for at least two and a half hours, <laughs> like, at, at least. You know, that that was on a good day. But so at this point, you know, I'd progressed to at least knowing that I should do more than one set. Yeah.
1: <laughs> you know, so I was doing
0: three sets of 15 with 30 seconds rest. I vividly remember it. Lo and behold, I'd always start on the bench press. And and it's worth pointing out as well, this gym I joined was all machines at this point. There was no free weights in this gym at all. But one didn't know the importance of free weights uh, at this point. So I'd start on the bench press, do my three sets of 15, and I would literally work my way around. So there was no, you know, I, I had an order in terms of the way I went. You know, there was no structure in terms of muscle groups trained. And, and I'd done everything like the adductor machine, abductor machine, like you name it, I had done it. And I used to do that like four times a week outside of like my, at the time it was more football as opposed to to rugby. And, you know, I suppose at that age, you know, I was I was very active. I was eating a lot, probably not much of the stuff that I should be eating. Um,
1: what was your nutrition like then? Because it was very home-cooked, wasn't it? Yeah, it yeah. wasn't that
0: bad because all my meals were home-cooked meals. You yeah. know, like my, my parents and my, my nan and granddad, you know, were very big on that. There was no such thing as microwavable dinners or whatever. Everything was always made from scratch. But, you know, I, I did like my Dr. Pepper, you know, and my chocolate and whatnot, as, as kind of kids do. And,
1: but the other thing that struck me when I first met you and saw um, whenever we visited your mum or your nan is first thing they try and do is feed you and feed you a lot like yeah. and I just thought oh my god it's probably a good job you got into training at such a young must age be a you would have been <laughs> <laughs> <Right before. laughs> yeah basically because <laughs> it's their thing as soon as you arrive it's like copious amounts of food and uh yeah and I can see where you got your appetite from <laughs> well uh, yeah I,
0: I mean I've always been used to big portions that's for sure and it's certainly something that stayed with me
1: when did but... you get into the rugby then from you said football initially so then you how'd you get into rugby
0: do you know how rugby came about I mean I, I, I do hope that people are, are finding this interesting because normally you can't shut me up when I'm talking about myself but I feel <laughs> like there's an element of pressure with this episode to make it interesting well the thing was is um, I spent all of my teens training at any opportunity um, and I'll, I'll come back to that a little bit later because there's probably like a little story in there that most people won't know about me that people might find interesting and yeah. can maybe relate to but I trained because I love training it was simple as that um, and then I think I got to about 16 Dabbled around in rugby, like just kind of clowning around with friends, like touch rugby and stuff like that. But I'd never really played it. Never considered it a sport I would 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 want to play. Bigger football fan than I was anything else. And I think I was about seventeen. And a few pals that I worked with when I was a fitness instructor said uh, that their team were trying out. There was tryouts and training for their rugby league team, which is obviously different to rugby union, and that I should come along. And at first, I was like, "What, what bloody am I going to go there for?" Like, I don't really like rugby. They were like, well, just come along; it'd be a laugh because we'll go, we'll train for a couple of hours together, and then we'll go and have some drinks afterwards." I was like, "Yeah, all right." That's what sold me. I was like, oh, "Okay," <laughs> twisting me on. We went along to this training session, and it was quite funny because we were doing all these ball handling. Uh, drills (laughs) I know what you're thinking um you know like ball handling drills and whatnot which I thought this is quite good fun and um and then we done some speed speed work and the thing is I've always been quite fast even like for my size you know like I suppose you could say I've always been deceptively fast I'm not lightning quick but I'm a lot quicker than people think I am so we done some speed speed drills and being the competitive side that I am, I just thought, well, you know, I obviously want to win. You know, this, you know, it was only like a a forty meter so like, you know, kind of said go and I went for it and I came first. And I kinda heard like the coach like mutter to one of the other guy who kinda came second. He was like, Did he seriously just beat you? So I was a bit like, okay, so this guy's obviously the guy to beat. Yeah. So we had like another few people and then we went again so obviously all eyes were on us too so I went for it so I kind of gave it a little bit more and I managed to beat him by an extra couple of yards so the coach came up to me and said like who do you play for said no one I don't I've never really played rugby before and he was like you're our new winger (laughs) and I was like and I suppose I was so touched by the fact that this coach wanted me to play on the team yeah it was it was a really big deal to me and and that was it and I kind of got into the rugby and I'm sure if I doubt the coach is listening to this, it took a good while to even get me to be able to catch a ball properly.
1: Oh, that's reassuring. When Matt and I had to... Just- Tell people when Matt and I do courses so we've done training kettlebells we've done crossfit courses we've done loads of stuff together and you can nail everything on the first try so like you could snatch well, a kettlebell I want say the first you try you do a handstand I appreciate
0: your kind words coach honestly but... and
1: then I would just sit there grumpily in the background trying and trying and trying to master a skill like you're not only have you got the sort of strength Component, but you do have a really good sort of um, agility and proprioception, everything oh, sort of, and Which vibes. I, but <laughs> well, I was gonna say, I'll put it down to sports because of your sports-specific training. In uh, when we would run for London classes, you would sometimes do the rugby drills, and it was amazing because not only did people, it was so refreshing because it's more of a, a game element to it, which everyone loved. But it was something new to focus on, like like catching a ball it was just something or kind of pass yeah. to a team member and stuff. And it's hugely popular, and that's why we always say to people, try and find like sports Sport, that you love. Yeah. yeah. Or well, an, I know that a, like a, touch rugby
0: hobby. is getting really popular now.
1: I quite fancy a go at that because what puts me off rugby is the clashing.
0: Yeah. <laughs> I think it's what puts most people yeah. off. To be perfectly honest with you.
1: Cauliflower is. Yeah. Well,
0: to be <laughs> not not everyone gets those. That's just that's just where yeah, you, you have it, to be in the scrum for that primarily, which. You're not really built for a scrum. No,
1: <laughs> <laughs> crawling under it, maybe. But, but. but
0: no, I think the weird thing was is that as a, you know, when I first started out, I just had this thing that I'd call. For, I should, I should be able to just call for the ball to be passed to me, and it should just appear in my hands. It's I wouldn't, I cave. wouldn't, I wouldn't actually just physically look at the ball and make sure that I made a real effort to catch it. I just kind of expect it to come to me. So I kept fumbling the ball, and the coach was doing his nut. Uh, but you know. In good time yeah you know I I could catch the ball once I caught it you know and I, I got going I could I could certainly put a few tries away that's for sure but
1: and what would you say your nutrition was like at this stage terrible. so this is like late teens I was gonna say and, and one thing that people probably know about you is you mentioned before your body composition it's not like you're one of those people who had to sort of start looking at macros and things like that. at an early age you generally were quite lean and fit and healthy
0: I don't. I don't know about healthy. No. So if in I was hindsight, say, what,
1: what would you have said nutritionally? What was a typical breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Uh,
0: at that point, you know, it, it still would have been because I was I was I was starting work very early in the morning. Um, so for me, yeah, it would have been a classic cereal breakfast, frosties. But excuse me, Cheerios. Bowl of
1: cereal is like a fruit bowl. Oh, size. It's huge. It used <laughs> to be
0: massive. You know, I'd I'd use like at least a pint of milk. You know, piled up with cereal. Uh, you know, like that, that'd just be perfectly standard. Might have a bit of fruit with it as well. Like there was no like focus of like, I'll oh, make sure I get enough protein and whatnot. Cause I thought, oh, I've got milk, you know, there's plenty of protein there, you know, and then lunches for the day would be like sandwiches, you know, like, I'd have like three or four sandwiches that I'd kind of like made up and I'd just snack on flapjacks and rubbish in between. Cause like the where I used to work as a fitness instructor, which is where I was uh, working at the time when I first started out in rugby, we were smack bang opposite a petrol garage Whenever like we knew someone was nipping out, it just it, I don't know, it was just habit. I used to be, like, oh, grab me one of those Snickers flapjacks or, <laughs> That sounds yeah, amazing. <laughs> you know, it's a, a snack would be a flippers uh, flippers oh. <laughs> Snickers flapjack and a Lucasade energy orange. You know, really like like high heavily processed, stuff. high sugar, blah blah blah. Um but like I said, she, you, you know, like I was I was training hard and, and I, I was the classic rugby playing person of the yeah. I was lean, trained near enough every day. Lifted weights, ran around a lot. You know, I didn't need to, to worry about what I was eating so much. And, and I'd always kind of have like a wholesome dinner of like shepherd's pie, vegetables, and stuff like that. And it was funny because even back then, obviously playing rugby, I'd, I'd get my fair share of knocks and bruises and little injuries and niggles and whatnot. But I was just of that mindset of like, ah, well, no worries, you know, a little bit of rest and I'll be good to go again in a couple of days. Yeah. You know, and. And I'd just do really stupid things like, you know, if I've got like an ankle sprain, I'd just pop a boatload of painkillers and, yeah. you know, strap it up. And then I'd go and play rugby and just deal with the pain for a bit. And then eventually it would subside and I'd be OK.
1: So when did that change, would you say, when you had to start addressing nutrition a little bit more? Because
0: It's a weird one because this never really changed for me until until I met you, really. Because I mean, you you saw the kind of stuff that I used to eat when we first got together. Yeah. Like in my early in my early twenties. Well, even before that, because obviously you knew me for a few years before we actually hooked up
1: yeah
0: um you know and I gained I used... about
1: a stone when I first met you just oh, whatever. because don't blame me the frequency and amount you ate just made me naturally eat more
0: listen you're in person <laughs> Yeah, I I know, force it, down, yeah.
1: when someone sat in front of you eating snickers flapjacks it's really hard not to have they, some. they
0: were good <laughs> they were good I don't dare touch them again because I'm, I'm worried it might release uh, <laughs> the beast the beast that, that I put away you know a good few years ago now <laughs> um you know I, I was still the same you know I used to train hard play rugby
1: you had a very I remember you having a very relaxed attitude towards training in that yeah. I was more of a, a bit obsessive about it and you would happily skip sessions um, and trained. I
0: yeah. couldn't believe
1: I looked at your physique and I couldn't believe that you would sometimes only train a couple of times a week. And it was a real eye opener for me just thinking, you know, I thought I'd got it nailed. More exercise is better, essentially. And I assumed that you exercised even more than me. But actually, when we met, you had a real influence calming me down and, and saying yeah. some days yeah. off. That's when you, that's when your body rests and recovers. And
0: I think it was, it was a funny one, though, because I, I didn't train as much as I would like, but I never stressed about it if I didn't. Because often I would miss training because I was so busy with, as, clients. with clients as a PT. And because I worked in a basement gym, as you well know. If I, if let's say, you know, it wasn't unusual for me to go six, seven, eight hours, literally back to back with clients. And then I'd have an hour break before I was back to back for another three or four hours. So obviously, by the time you get to that hour break, A, you want to get the hell outside and actually see some daylight. <laughs> and B, you know, you might want to eat, have coffee. And, and often I'd have like programs to, to do. So a lot of the time, like I was so busy as a PT, which at the time was awesome, because it's what I strive to be. I strive to be super busy, and every hour I had spare, if someone wanted a session, they'd get a session. Yeah. You know, so financially, it was fantastic. It takes its toll. It, well, it did take its toll yeah. massively. and.
1: But also, I think, um, but it is interesting that when people see you, they would assume that you are doing some sort of really comprehensive program and, you know, very you know strict in what you do but actually you, you would often sometimes train in like 30 minutes um, yeah. you know you you were very much like I'll take what I can get at this point and you still are now I, I still am
0: now but I'm I'm just smarter about it because yeah. back then I would I'd literally you know whack a couple of 20 plates side of a side do a set of 10 and be like right boom warm-ups done and then wallop just whack like a ton more weight on and next thing you know I'm doing like you know like three rep max deadlifts after like literally like a 30 second warm-up and yeah. And because and I was so pushed for time, it was the warm-up and the cool-down that went out the window. Yeah. Um, which, again, you know, I was ignorant and I felt I was bulletproof and untouchable and it didn't matter and I could do what I wanted in the gym.
1: That gets really expensive as well because you then have to undo it all with lots of massage well, and... The thing is, is... Physio. What,
0: what, what I'd like to get across, in, in, you know, when I'm talking about all this, is that two things that kind of like come to mind right now is that, number one, when we work with people and we offer solutions to problems such as injuries fat loss you know other health related goals a lot of people not all but often you know the, the phrase oh, well it's well it's all right for you yeah. or oh well, you, you don't understand because because a lot of people just assume that because we're in the fitness industry we've always had it easy we were just born fit and healthy and we've never had to deal with any any shit to be perfectly honest with you you know um I don't know if Rob will edit edit that out but 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 the fact is is that we've had our hardships um all of our you know of our own you know we've had our own personal journeys and also you know it's it's not a case of if you're lean you're healthy as 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 we well know so
1: yeah I would say people would look at you and think because you've got muscle mass um you know you 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 are healthy as well because you're you're building size but again i would say exactly the same i mean being a naturopath or being training in that field at the the weekend at the expo i kept saying to you you can see in people's eyes and skin i can see these amazing physiques but i look at everything from teeth eyes and skin and i just see like i can the signs of
0: Oh, there were some. Cla- I mean, you'd see some people that from the neck, neck down, down had the most <laughs> phenomenal physique. Yeah, and then you look to their face and they look tired, yeah. exhausted. they had Black, spots and. Under the
1: eyes, and, and you just
0: thought, "Wow!" Like it's and it's and like like Kerry said before, I never even, would have even registered that. Yeah, I just look at their physique and think, oh, wow! Look at that, amazing!" Yeah. But then you know, there's always more to the to the picture. There's always a bit more to the story. But but what I was going to say was is kind of going back and we've mentioned this on previous podcasts and we talk about this a lot at our seminars of, uh, of orthorexia is certainly something that that I got caught up in when, you know, I was, I was quite serious about my training. Um, you know, this, and it lasted for a good, I'd say 18 months to, to nearly two years of, I, I became obsessed with training. And, you know, I mentioned earlier that I loved training, which I did. However, I developed this really horrible relationship with training to where there was no other option than going to the gym. And if I didn't go to the gym, I would absolutely beat myself up with guilt because I was like, I have to do four, two and a half hour gym sessions a week on side of like my my football and and whatnot. You know, I have to do it in order to get...
1: Just jumping back a second, did anything trigger this in terms of emotionally or anyone say anything to you that triggered it no I
0: mean I just I suppose I I set a really high benchmark for myself because you know all of a sudden I was doing like every single machine in the gym for three sets of 15 you know 30 seconds rest and then I'd start reading in magazines about bodybuilders who when they're cutting for competition you know doing low intensity cardio steady state cardio for like 40 minutes to an hour I should do that as well then all of a sudden, this workout that was already pretty loco of every single machine in the gym for three for sets of 15 yeah. was all of that plus 45 minutes on a step machine afterwards. Yeah. And the reason I only done 45 minutes was because I, I, I would burn a thousand calories <laughs> in 45 minutes. And that was just a number that I had in my head. Yeah, um, that's quite
1: common. Do you not think when a lot of people hit the gym and we've said they get obsessed with the numbers? And oh, we yeah. get obsessed with the distance, the speed, and calories on the machine, which is so horrendously inaccurate anyway. Yeah. Um, but it's really, it's almost like that drives you initially, which is great because it's a motivator. It's like having a trainer yeah. in a way. But then, like you've said, it can become dangerously obsessive and, and very much almost like stressful to, to you to have to go in and cope with that that mm. challenge on yourself you know that, that sort of minimum amount of miles yeah, yeah. or whatever you've got to do
0: well it was no different to you like when when we first met and you were like double in Monday to Friday you know just doing one session a day was half of what you normally do yeah. and you'd be like oh but I need to go to the gym again I need to I need to do me 40 minutes on the cross trainer or whatever
1: yeah And what was it rowing I used to say it has to be yeah. 5,000 metres can't get off you just, you just, 5, had, you just had, a had a
0: minimum and and then, well, I think so many people have been there, but what so, helped
1: to break the cycle for you?
0: well, this went on for a long, long time, and all of a sudden i would I would start to dread
1: the, the gym.
0: gym, you know because i didn't enjoy it I knew you know i would step foot in the gym and I know i'd n- know that I wasn't going to leave for almost three hours yeah you know and and at the time you know That's did, hardcore. oh yeah, you know, but I used to go after school, I used to go after sixth form, and I used to kind of just make it happen. I remember one. I used to have this routine. Of, at this point, you know, so nutritionally, I still wasn't that great. I'd come home from school or sixth form. I'd have a bowl of cereal. And literally, as soon as I finished the bowl of cereal, I'd walk down to the gym, which is about a 10-minute walk away. And I remember this particular day, I'd, I'd had my bowl of uh, Just Right,
1: to be specific. <laughs> I used to have that.
0: Yeah, because obviously that was healthy, right? Yeah, yeah. Just Right was healthy. And um, I remember eating it thinking, God, I'm absolutely shattered. Oh, I'm knackered. Like, my eyes were going on me. And I was like, well, I've finished this. So I just need to... Go to the gym, finish my bowl of cereal and I fell asleep and uh, literally like fell asleep for about four hours. Woke up when my mum came home from work, you know, so by this point it was like, like half seven, whatever. Still got my bowl of just right, empty, in my lap. <laughs> and I went into a panic because obviously I hadn't gone to the gym. And I knew by this point, you know, it was late and, I, and the gym closes at 10. So I wouldn't have got what I wanted to get done. And I believe I was about 16 years old at this age, at this stage, and I burst into tears because I was so I, w- I wasn't going to do, but not through disappointment, through guilt. Yeah. I felt so guilty. I was like, I can't believe it. And in my head, I was always thinking, I'm going to need to do double tomorrow. I was at this really kind of like horrible place, place. Yeah. and and it was depressing, uh, even more so because shortly after this, I started to get into the bad habit of thinking I just need to train more and eat less in order to to get really good results yeah. and, and this is, wasn't even to do with fat loss this was muscle building so there's me thinking to build muscle I need to eat less
1: yeah which, which is not
0: the case which is not the case so all of a sudden my big bowl of cereal in the morning went down to half oh. then I, then I read that cereal wasn't very good for <laughs> okay. you a box <laughs> yeah it's just one box instead of two yeah <laughs> and then I realized cereal wasn't very good so I done, went with porridge so I done porridge but I added no sweetness to it at all because sugar was bad right And then my sandwiches, all of a sudden, I was fat-phobic. So I stopped having butter in my sandwiches. I stopped adding, like, uh, any kind of sauces. So sometimes I'd have, like, a chicken and pickle sandwich. Yeah. All of a sudden, it was like the pickle went. So i just have plain chicken in between two dry pieces of bread and loads of salad. And obviously, there's no enjoyment factor to that at all. And I'd, I'd, like, snack on, like, celery sticks and carrots and whatnot. And for a good chunk of time, like, my, my whole life pretty much went on hold because... Nothing came before the gym, you know. I, I wouldn't wouldn't go out drinking with my with my friends. I mean, at this point, I was quite young anyway. But at, even you know, at that age, like my mates were drinking and stuff, and yeah. I was I completely excluded myself from that, which wasn't necessarily a bad thing. But it wasn't like I was not going for something else that I enjoyed more. Yeah, I was just you know staying in, staying in, or eat, you know training or whatever. And the thing is, my friends respected me for it because I was incredibly disciplined.
1: You missed out on some of those.
0: I, I hated it. Formative years. I, I absolutely and... hated it, and I was low. I was depressed. People would comment on my physique, even as like a you know someone that young. You know, I which drives you to
1: I, keep I, going. Really, I had more it? muscle
0: than like a lot of adults at that age, and yeah. you know I did pack on a lot of size. So, you know, I suppose because my I suppose my hormones et cetera, et cetera, You know, were working in my favor, and I, I had a good physique on me, and that was kind of always my reward. Yeah. Even though I felt like shit, I was pretty low. Yeah. You know, and, and, and it, it was a really dark stage for me to, to kind of have that obsession and it lasted a lot longer than I would have liked. But to answer your question about broke it. what broke that. It,
1: Someone waffed a Snickers flapjack under your nose. Like,
0: oh. <laughs> Walk past Greg's one morning and that was it. <laughs> Game over.
1: <laughs> Smash um, a sausage roll.
0: <laughs> two sausage rolls. Um, no, do you know what it was actually? Um, there's a, a, an Australian strength coach called Ian King. Um, and this guy is absolutely phenomenal. Um, I've been to two of his workshops and he's ridiculously straight talking. And I suppose a lot of people love or hate him because he is incredibly direct. And But I like that. Yeah, I, I think when it comes to health and everything, like you you should have a direct approach because this is like your health. Anyway. I
1: was going to say, just to um, intervene, there are stages, I think both me and you wish someone had intervened at some point and spoke yeah. to us a bit more directly. Sort your life out. Yeah, because we did have, like, you have physios and you had, both of us have had coaches who've tried, but maybe... We just thought we knew better, and yeah. I almost wish someone had just literally slapped me around the face and said, "Get a grip and stop, <laughs> stop being—you know—you're doing yourself harm, but you deny it. Yeah. You know what I mean? And lots of people do that. Oh, so right, deny, yeah. Yeah, they're, they're, no, 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 because of this, this, and this. That's
0: the thing. I think everyone kind of has these excuses that they've been using for God knows how long. Yeah, and they—they they, they think that they're acceptable. Yeah. So then they're acceptable reasons for, for for them not to kind of achieve what they want to achieve. But then when someone does turn around and go, well. That's a load of toffee. Like, what kind of excuse is that? Like, you know, you should do this instead. And sometimes, like you say, like, when you've got someone who is direct enough to just point that out to you, just blatantly point out that you are making excuses and lame ones at that.
1: And you are, yeah.
0: It does make you think, well, actually, Joe, they're bloody right. I'm going to do this. But Ian King, funnily enough, I'm, I'm a huge fan of him now. But it wasn't until I actually met him that I had a flashback to, to an article in Men's Health magazine, which was written by Ian King. Yeah. And it wasn't until I met him that I, I made the association. I was like, oh, my God. You know, and I felt like I needed <laughs> to, to go up to him me. and say, like, you <laughs> saved my life. Because I read this article, and it was actually a pullout, I believe, from a Men's Health magazine, you know, when I was, like, you know, I think I was the end of, like, my, my 16th year on this earth. Yeah. And it was broken down into three stages. And it was about building a solid foundation, uh, putting on some muscle, and then getting seriously strong. The good thing was, is the guy, I mean, you know, I think humans, you know, we're very visual, you know, like we're very, very visual people. And what we see obviously has a huge impact to kind of our thought processes. Hence the reason why clever marketing and promotion and stuff work, you know, because, you know, we see these physiques and figures that we aspire to have. Yeah. And it goes a long way. The product could be crap, but it does go a long way. right? But anyway, the guy that was used, like for me, I was like, that is what I want to look like. He was muscular but athletic like he looked like he could sprint but also lift a house you know and and I was like that's how I want to be and um anyway I was reading this article and it had all these different training regimes and all of that but then the nutrition aspect of it you know you need to eat more calories like if you're not eating enough you're not going to grow you're not going to recover and I was starting to think well hold on what's this about then then he was talking about eating lots of fats and macadamia nuts and getting carbs down you and whatnot and I was a bit like oh oh, I'm not eating anywhere near as as, as much as this like I'm you know what the hell's going on and it was almost immediate for me because it was for the first time I'd really looked at something that gave me an element of structure both in my training and my nutrition plus there was a guy in there who I had a man crush on (laughs) who you know had the physique that I aspired to have in fact this is so lame but I'm pretty sure two days later I took the pull out to the hairdressers (laughs) I said, could you cut my hair like that? That's the hairstyle that I want. No. Yeah. It's funny, <laughs> isn't it? <laughs> but anyway, so, and I'm not joking. All of a sudden, I had this excitement again. And I remember going to the gym, you know, smashing the workout. I followed, like, the post-workout nutrition protocol to a T. I was stuffing my face with macadamias. Porridge yeah. was back in. There was a bit of sugar back in as well. And I was having these treats. And one of the recommendations he said to help you sleep. Was to have vanilla ice cream with peanut butter oh, before God. bed. Boom! I was on <laughs> that, and honestly, I can't even explain to you. It was like I'd been released from a prison sentence. Yeah. Because all of a sudden, I had so much energy. My training was going phenomenally. I put on so much muscle because I remember starting this in the uh, when we'd finished school. Yeah. And I was about to kind of go into like my kind of like college years and whatnot. And I came back and everyone's like, bloody hell man, like what the hell has happened to you? Like I just put on so much size. Yeah. And so Ian King saved me. And it won't but it oh, wasn't until okay. I met him when I first done his course two years ago now. Yeah. That wrote it, because he pointed it out in his thing. He said that apparently his that issue was the biggest sell it's the it's currently still the biggest selling back order. Really? And as soon as he said it, I was like, it, it, it's you know isn't it
1: interesting as well it's like we were talking about this how the fitness industry almost um i was talking about this at the weekend with a couple of um, kettlebell coaches who we've known for years and we said how in this industry everyone finds things that they're good at they find what their strengths hmm. are and, and but there's a little bit of pressure to always get a bit funky and, and try the next big thing and try and make what you do even slightly more complicated and slightly more technical so that people have to follow you and your guidance and yeah. your coaching and then it's like we all do a massive big circle back round to what we believe and found sort of like our gut feeling in the first place that worked for us. Yeah. And um, the reason I'm saying this to you is we get so many people, I mean, what, what I'm saying is basically you've sort of done a full circle probably yourself and yeah. go back to, to what you originally felt worked and, and believed in. But over the years, you've a lot of people ask you about paleo nutrition, primal nutrition and mm. your physique and say eating primal nutrition. Yeah. And I think it'd be really helpful if you explain to people sort of your journey with Primal and, and that you had that fear of losing size, didn't you? Because yeah. obviously you had to ditch the peanut butter and ice cream before bed. Yeah. Um, but it. I would say, um, and I know other people think that actually you're leaner and healthier. And like, so perhaps give people an insight into what it was for you what it, and how you adapt it now.
0: Well, I think because obviously, you know, I'd done a good chunk, you know, of time eating pretty poorly yeah. you know I had my, my mild stint of orthorexia when I was probably making better choices but psychologically I was in a really Stressful. dark place and then I, I suppose once I kind of read this Ian King article I, I, I somewhat followed the principles and then I rebelled a little bit towards my old habits Yeah, you know so it was butter on everything ketchup was back in you yeah, know yeah. like I just kind of went crazy which was fine because I, I was happier yeah. and ignorance is bliss etc etc I spent a long time then probably still overtraining, not recovering enough, playing rugby, like full contact sport, getting like knocked around every single bloody week, as well as training really, really hard. I had no structure in terms of off-season and on-season. My body was resilient for a long time. And I think this is the beauty about human beings is that we are incredibly resilient. And if you look back sometimes and think, wow, like our body can put up with so much torture yeah. that we place on it yeah um, and it just shows you just how powerful we are it's only when you can kind of get that aha moment and kind of flip it 180 and think well actually instead of me just thinking oh this is like my body can deal with this my body can put up with this and flipping it and saying well actually I could be so much more awesome than I am like my body is is actually capable of so much more like so much more yeah that kind of happened to me when The years of kind of like torment and torture that I put on my body through the the training and the poor nutrition choices, lack of sleep, etc. You were kind of in my ear, so to speak, with like paleo and whatnot. And I was very sceptical and I was a bit like, yeah, but all the magazines say that I should be eating wholemeal bread and (laughs) wholemeal pasta, blah, blah, blah. I could see that you were incredibly passionate about it. And you know, every time I've mentioned an injury or bloating or whatever or a skin issue, like you always had an answer, you always had like a comeback, and I thought, I need to give this a try, I did, didn't I, I kind yeah. of like, was like, right, okay, it's all out, all the pasta, uh, I went to the classic kind of meat and nut breakfast. Um, we used
1: to cook, do you remember, when we first both got into it, <laughs> my brother said, I don't think it," because we live with my brother, and he was like, you're always in the kitchen, because we used trays and trays of root vegetables, do you remember that? So that's where our um coconut, butternut squash came from because I would just yeah. put literally a whole squash in coconut milk and um if you remember we just Cook was like almost always, always on. on because I was conscious that you would need to feel like you had enough um, to make this work for you, yeah. and so that you didn't have that panic of I'm going to lose size,
0: but well, because there was that worry, you yeah. know, and I think there's a lot of guys out there that lift weights who who will totally relate to this because yeah. I was just a bit like oh, I'm going to get skinny, like yeah. the years <laughs> of that I've worked hard to build this physique. I I, I was always eating because you kind of said you can you don't need to eat less, you know, just avoid these things. So I was just eating, you know, lots of protein, heavy food, lots of fats, and I was still having carbs. I was still having potatoes and whatnot. But um, coffee went down to one a day.
1: It was only sweet potatoes at that point. Yeah, I think, I think it, it was, also. yeah, I think
0: you're right. For five days, I felt horrendous. I felt lethargic, I felt constantly thirsty, and I said to Keris, I was like, what are you doing to me? Horrendous, I feel hungover, even though I hadn't touched a drop of alcohol. But Which Keris,
1: I <sighs> just interesting that I've had a few people say that since, and you have as well, haven't you? That first week is like <sighs> going through a severe detox. It
0: is crazy, and obviously I was pretty damn toxic, clearly, because I felt horrendous and i was ready to throw the towel in but carys reassured me like no 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 you're detoxing it's natural i checked it out online as well and everything i'd read online said the same thing so i was like oh okay And then on day six, I remember waking up about half an hour before my alarm went off, you know, bearing in mind that we used to get up at about quarter to five, you know, so I'm waking up like just after 4am, full of energy, like more than ready to get out of bed, got up, made my breakfast, had a coffee and had energy all day long, like enjoying my food, had an amazing gym session. My rugby performance went through the roof because I was recovering for a change, Um, you know, and, and, and fueling my workouts more. From that point on, quite simply, like the rest is history. Because when you feel like you know how kind of like much you were holding yourself back before, I want to feel like this all the time, or uh, most of the time, uh, at the very, very least. And just you know, think
1: in the—I'm trying to think—in the beginning, did we? I know we went very strict for a while, and the only thing we would have is dark chocolate. If I remember rightly. Yeah. But I think we did have a little bit of a, a tiptoe into it where we just ditched things like bread. So we stopped mm. having the bread bus. But as I remember it, we didn't do that many cheat meals because we felt we could make better things ourselves. And that's yeah. sort of where the book well, came we, from, it,
0: wasn't The funny it? thing was, we, <laughs> we actually stopped eating out, didn't we? Yeah. Because it was never as good. It, we were a bit like, oh, dear, this, oh I, feel like I can make better myself. Yeah. and, and, and Which was great because we saved a fortune. You know, we're cooking all our own food and whatnot. And I don't know. And just, I suppose, since then, you know, like you, we've just tweaked things to to kind of meet our goals, haven't we? Like because I think for a spell I was probably too low carb and then eventually like that kind of caught up with me a bit. And I was a bit like oh god, and I remember saying to you, I don't feel as hot as I did before, you know, I was like bloody jumping off the walls, like you know, felt amazing and all of a sudden I feel like that's gone but nothing's changed. I'm not doing anything differently and We said
1: I mean we said that on a previous podcast, but I think with men especially especially someone of your activity levels and being a personal trainer that you just I wouldn't take the carbs down. Essentially, I would keep them in there, and Mm. you could would have things like white potatoes and, and rice and root veg. Um, and we've both agreed on that coming forward. Some yeah. guys, I think, do really well cycling their carbs just because maybe of, a, of their history of being overweight yeah. and hormonal, possibly not hormonally optimized. But most guys like you, and I know um, if you remember both my brothers had the same thing where they went onto paleo and dropped weight drastically. Yeah. And I said, well, just get back in with all the carbs. You know, it's just not just different sources. Well, so, I think a lot of
0: people make schoolboy error, so to speak. Yeah. Of just assuming paleo is a low-carb diet. Yeah. It's not that it's low carb. I think but if people are consuming a lot of breads, a lot of pastas, which are incredibly carbohydrate dense, yeah. if you take those away, you know, a lot of people don't think to replace them with potatoes, yeah, fruits, vegetables,
1: and also you know, even I think some
0: rice maybe or something. But
1: if you actually I actually saw somebody this week who had tapped his calorie his intake in for a day, um, thought he was doing amazingly well eating, was barely hitting fifteen hundred calories, yeah. Which for a man trying to put on size, you know, you've got to so I you know, I sort of gave him a new calorie target, a new yeah. macronutrient target and new training plan and said, like, we need to turn this around. But it's not about calorie restriction, which you mentioned earlier. But if you go onto my fitness part, what's really interesting is it still tells you how to reach your target weight through calorie restriction. Yeah. <laughs>
0: so, but that's the thing, though, isn't it? But then, how often have we, you know, men, women, whatever? I mean, obviously, for men, it sounds a lot more obvious that in order to to put on size, they need to have a calorie surplus. Yeah, you know, sounds pretty obvious, but a lot of guys are actually f- so far from hitting that kind of goal; it's untrue. But. How often with women, or even sometimes men, from a fat loss perspective, are they massively under eating? Yeah, and in fact, they actually need to eat more. We increase people's calories and their carbohydrates, or you know, other macros, and lo no and behold, they lose weight. And we say this a lot, but we can't stress it enough, right? That, no, no. You know, not eating enough, you know, to to extremes is no good thing. I mean, what uh, I was
1: going to say as well about about you is just. Um, so I'm probably moving off the subject of calories and macronutrients because obviously yours are totally different to most people's but not most i've people's noticed a difference i not a
0: freak <laughs> <laughs>
1: i should probably say i forced you at one point to go very strict with me we did yeah. elimination diets very strict yeah. using tests. then i forced you to do like um detoxes. Our, our relationship
0: was tested yeah. <laughs> at that stage. and we
1: talked about this on holiday and you mentioned how sometimes such an added stressor for you that you almost don't benefit from the, the nutritional principles because I'm so forceful with it. And actually, what works for you is maybe being a bit more lenient. From my position, what I get frustrated with is um, I know you have some gut issues, I'm pretty convinced you're lactose intolerant. So, everyone know. knows
0: ice cream doesn't contain
1: lactose. <laughs> so, I always, there's but then scientific I wanna, studies
0: that prove this. You make
1: the most amazing <laughs> coconut milk ice cream which obviously is going to go out soon but you can make some fantastic like dairy-free desserts but I know what you just insist when you're out but I actually think that works better for you because sometimes I just think you've even said it if the situation is right and the people are right and we're relaxed and enjoying it that 80-20 for you it's more like 90-10 really and actually not having me in your ear going well at least don't have the,
0: <laughs> the it's, tone it's so funny because sometimes i'll eat something that you know i'll get myself i'll be like do you know what i've been training really hard this week i've been really good at my food i'm gonna have a dessert which might be like a brownie with ice cream or something and and the funny thing is sometimes i'll glance over at keris and I can, I can tell, I know exactly what she's thinking. She's going <laughs> kind of giving me this look as if to say, I do not approve well, of this decision. Do you
1: know why? But then <laughs> I get this nasty reputation for being someone who's oh. like, you know, like... A, it's a all right, Kerry. It's like, only
0: because you love me. The
1: Hitler of nutrition. However, it that's is... That's a good one. I see how much... Um, one thing that's really ex- like accelerated journey with nutrition is injuries. Yeah. And so we have done loads of anti-inflammatory stuff, which I think you should just recap some things that you've found useful. And when you're injured and when you've got your shoulder which you had surgery on... I'm a
0: nightmare to live with. You
1: are a nightmare. And so I lose my patients because you often will comfort eat when you're injured <laughs> or in times of Same like with that. you know <laughs> when when we're stressed with the business you immediately go for comfort food and I get angry because I think this is going to it's gonna flare up your injuries you won't be able to train you'll yeah. be miserable you'll be a very ineffective business partner for me which makes me angry <laughs> so that's why it's you, a little you, bit selfish you're making
0: out I like lock myself in a room with just cake and chocolate and ice cream no and but never I, try come and, out. I try and
1: stop the cycle the vicious <laughs> <Make> cycle <reliable. laughs> before I it happens we're very different when when we're stressed and when we might have business issues i go the other way i go uber clean because i think i need to fuel myself through Mm. this i don't want to be dealing with any sugar hangovers or feeling guilty about anything so i go uber clean yeah and you go really like sod it yeah and it's some ice cream it's organic though i always go for organic (laughs) (laughs) you're such a girl it's organic innit it's fine (laughs) (laughs) so it's free but tell people what you experience as helping you with, with injuries, because I think that'd be useful. Oh, like
0: for for me, I mean, I must admit, like, after my... When I had my shoulder... I developed a shoulder injury that, for me... Because at this point, you know, when my kind of... I had an injury to my right shoulder, which kicked in. Initially, just, like, a dull ache that used to just twinge when I'd do, like, pressing movements and certain... so.
1: <laughs> just tell people what you did. No, no,
0: no. <laughs> but What I wanted to highlight was that was I, I was still eating. I was eating really well at this point. You yeah. know, I probably was, like. You know, 80 20 maybe you know yeah. 90 10 whatever and I had this injury that was affecting my training which was frustrating but I kept trying to work around it because I kept thinking I can heal this I can heal this yeah. I can heal this um but it turned out I actually had a bone spur that was cutting into my supraspinatus tendon and it's quite hard to rehab a bone spur yeah <laughs> so I no, was
1: still adamant we could do something I naturally know,
0: but after 18 months I yeah, kind of yeah. like no, no, grew no. a little bit sick and tired of it to be honest um, as you can imagine. So I ended up going for my shoulder operation and I had this determination because all of a sudden before I could train around it, after my operation, I couldn't. You yeah. know, I could do some lower body work for sure, which I did, but upper body work for a, a spell was out the window. And it was kind of a good thing because it forced me to focus more on my nutrition and I yeah. really looked into, you know, like enhancing my recovery time, et cetera, et cetera. And it what was just- What would
1: you do then generally? Give, give listeners Well, all idea. of a sudden,
0: you know, like, instead of having bone broth once a week you know i started to have bone broth like on a daily basis like yeah. our slow cook was almost constantly on the go because obviously we sort of kept that
1: as well haven't we yeah and we, because we loved it we got yeah. into a habit of having it before dinner well, why and...
0: just have it when you know for, for the purpose of you know injury recovery why not have it for general prevention in the first place yeah. and joint health and so we'd have, you know, I'd have one or two cups of bone broth a day, as Kerry's mentioned, like before my meal, in between meals, whatever. I was whacking tons of like herbs and spices into everything. Uh, things like uh, like turmeric, uh, like ginger, lots of garlic,
1: um,
0: oregano. You know, like you know, other like spices, making lots of really flavoursome curries. You know that have got. You know, and all these spices have got fantastic antioxidants and anti-inflammatory. Benefits to them and, and they taste awesome, so it kind of made sense to get them in there because obviously things like dairy I knew had an inflammatory effect on the body, especially in me. you know, I kind of knocked dairy on the head um admittedly, I did have my feel sorry for myself bag of peanut m and ms when I first came round
1: That's acceptable. After, after the That's operation perfectly acceptable
0: <laughs> but you know and, and all of a sudden, like my shoulder was feeling good it was feeling strong again and didn't
1: the doctor say something about how remarkably
0: quick quick he recovered, thought the inflammation
1: yeah. had gone down and no scar tissue and yeah like exactly that,
0: so, so and and, and I felt felt really really good on that and all of a sudden like my my training was coming back in I was getting my range of movement back in my shoulder and a lot of that stuff has just generally stayed with me I mean I, I still have my odd like aches and pains which I think everybody anybody that's been training for a substantial amount of time, played a contact sport such as rugby. What was, do you think
1: is your, your weakness now when it comes to nutrition that might exacerbate injuries in you?
0: To be fair, I don't know necessarily about exacerbate <laughs> know injuries. But <laughs> my, my, my downfall is and always will be ice cream because...
1: Well, I think dairy. Generally, you 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 love dairy.
0: Yeah, but if you said to me like you've got to go out with all dairy, but you can have like an ice cream once a week, yeah, I'll do I'll do good. that, no problem.
1: When we were away, what was quite funny was you were making the most amazing salads. But it was funny because you'd come outside and go look at this salad I've just made, and it was it was like. My dad's homegrown rocket with homegrown lettuce, all organic, and cherry tomatoes from the garden. And then you'd grate courgette and carrot and you'd have like walnuts on there. But then you would just like slice about 10 slabs of manchego cheese on top. To the point where I go, I can't even see the salad. I can't see the salad. I can just see cheese. (laughs) That's not salad. But yeah, I would say dairy and coffee are like your, your uh, what do you call them? Crutches. A little
0: bit. Well, it's funny because I had a... I, I can't remember who was I was talking to about this.
1: Some days you so I, I, I,
0: I was having a chat with someone and we were talking about, you know, like figuring out what your body can tolerate yeah. and what it can't. I remember talking about dairy or just generally going a little bit off the route. So maybe eating a little bit more sugar than I normally would, a bit more dairy, a bit more food that's a little bit on the processed side, which I never do heavily anyway. I remember saying that for me, it's not necessarily immediate bloating or skin issues or anything like that. But I always find that if I go OTT with like dairy, more, you know, more, maybe not such great quality dairy either. I always find that like my inflammation markers like flare up. So kind of old injuries just tend to niggle. My joints tend to feel quite sticky. A few months ago, I don't know if you remember, you know, when I I went up to to Stratford-upon-Avon and you would stayed here and I was up there working on some, on a project and uh, I was drinking way too much coffee because I was quite stressed and I was probably eating a little bit more like processed stuff than I normally would like, like not such good quality like chocolate, you know, maybe like, I don't mean anything like a Snickers bar or a dairy milk, but maybe like <laughs> lower end percentage um, and whatnot. And and after about four days of doing this back to back and not sleeping very much, and I was eating so much cheese because it was like a bit of a comfort food with my salads and my dinners. I remember going to the gym and, and it was such a horrible gym session because not only did I not have much energy old joint pains were kind of like flaring my joints felt so sticky but so did my muscles like I felt like when I was contracting my muscles they were almost gonna lock up because they felt so sticky and tight and I was like oh this is but you know I saw my workout through because I thought I need to move and get lots of blood flow and whatnot. and I was like this is horrendous I need to just sort myself out and and get back on it because like you say you know you do it as like a some brief comfort but then your body then your body shows you tells you very quick that it's not happy and it's not always the kind of blatant signs of excessive wind or you know which people would normally say um like there are other aspects to it as well but
1: going back to training now what would you say um training wise because you've been on a journey a massive Mm -hmm. journey doing we've as we've mentioned, dabbled in CrossFit, we've done kettlebells, we've done kettlebells to another level, where we just did nothing but kettlebells, and you've gone through dumbbell training with the awesome Brooks Cubics, where are you now, what is a typical session for you, what moves do you think, like big moves, I was going to say, or like exercises people should learn, to master and to keep on a regular basis.
0: For for me now I've I've literally gone right the way back round to where I was when See I that first was... <laughs> like yeah that that when I first like started training in a proper gym. Yeah, was yeah. so my workouts now are literally involve dumbbells, barbells and my own body weight normally in the form of pull-up variations. Yeah. So Do
1: so you think that's one of the key things people For me master. the key is
0: just master the basic lifts, you know, master Squats, you know, back squats, front squats, you know, and other variations of nothing fancy, just a basic nail it, activate the right muscles. I hate squats. And 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 you know, and take it from there. Yeah. Same as deadlifts as well, you know, and deadlift variations, yeah. you know, get that nailed. Pressing movements such as a you know bench press and an overhead press in for sure. And and also like rows, like for me, like no one does enough rows. No one does enough pulling movements anyway. Yeah. I think people you spend need all to do day
1: hunched over, right yeah. then.
0: and then they go to the gym and do it's bench press, press, press. 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 Yeah. You know, so master different, you know, slightly different row variations. And f- for sure, if you're a dude, you need to be able to do pull-ups. If you're a man and you can't do and pull-ups, a woman. and a woman, but <laughs> I think for a man, yeah, it should be part of the school curriculum
1: <laughs> to be able to do pull-ups you'd be an amazing PhD teacher. you know like
0: you? <laughs> because it, 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 you ain't
1: leaving today until you've done a pull-up
0: <laughs> I got, like, in my head i start cursing i see people like trying to attempt pull-ups and they can't yeah. i'm just like
1: hold
0: on a minute i've just seen you like benching as if your life depends on it and yeah, you can't oh, yeah. even just pull your body weight up for one measly rep on a pull-up which might sound a little bit harsh but no no obviously complete beginners have got got to start somewhere but i think every man should be able to do a good solid set of, like, at least eight pull-ups. And well, I mean, close grip, whatever. But, yeah. you know, to be able to Fully mask,
1: extend the arm.
0: Fully extend the elbows, yeah. Um, Get that chin above the bar.
1: What about, so, like, CV work in terms of... I know you are a big fan of rowing intervals and yeah. sprints. What else would you do at the moment? And I know that you don't prioritise this
0: <laughs> I don't prioritise these, but then at the moment, my, my, my current training routine is very high intensity it's very very you know like very brief rest periods yeah you know, so your
1: heart's going anyway heart,
0: heart rate's through the roof you know I'm sweating like a good one um, but for me those were always the main I used to do rowing intervals sometimes I'd blast some higher distances you know I'd go for for 5,000 meters 10,000 meters just because I was feeling particularly that's crazy that's not an
1: interval though just to make no. that clear to people that you, was it didn't,
0: a... didn't you just say cardio at the beginning yes Yeah. Sorry. Right. yeah yeah <laughs> no, but I would do like intervals of like a typical one for me is I might do ten sets of one hundred meters, yeah, uh, with about a minute's rest in between, yeah. Um, or sometimes I'd take it up a notch and do like two hundred to two hundred and fifty meters. Again, I might rest for a minute, maybe a little bit longer, because obviously due to the to the longer duration incredibly crazy five sets of 500 meters on the rower and again you know you could do like a minute to two minutes rest in between depending on uh, your conditioning and what your goal is but something I would do Um, When I used to do rowing, because I'm a a performance guy, I like to perform. It's not just about out and out fatigue for me. And and especially when it comes to trying to develop explosive power, which was always mainly why I used to use the row, especially with my rugby. So I would do, let's say, for example, the 200 metres. And actually, we'll use 100 metres because it'd be a little bit easier. I'd do 100 metres, right? I'd do 100 metres as quick as I could. And it would often take me about, on average, let's say about 16 seconds, and then I'd rest for a minute and I'd still kind of average like 16 seconds. But obviously over time, I would fatigue and my, my, it would take me longer to complete the 500. But what I would do is I would literally give myself a, a 1.5 second leeway. So sometimes I would keep doing a set of 100 metres until I fell. Oh, so best. let's say yeah. on average it was 16 seconds. I would then give myself a maximum of 17 and a half seconds to complete the 100 metres. And then
1: when you go over that, you'd
0: stop. And if I, Yeah, and then I'd stop. Okay. And then I would know that, and then once I could get 10 sets of 100 within that, I would then either bump up the distance or reduce my rest period. So typically what I would then do is do 100 metres and rest for 50 seconds instead of 60, and then see how many sets I can do before I fall short of my, and then I'd gradually start to build it up that way. And that was a That's great it. way to build up my power, yeah, as well as like, you know, like some solid Anaerobic and anaerobic conditioning because my heart rate would be through the roof.
1: But also, it's a great example of how uh, a lot of people don't challenge their workouts enough and change them up enough. So, although we said we did have phases of being a bit obsessed with numbers, it's still good to give yourself a benchmark every now and then to be able to beat rather than just getting on the row and saying I'm going to do eight intervals of 100 meters.
0: But well, that's it. Like, like for it. me, there was that element of surprise because yeah. it wasn't like you said, like I'm just going to do whatever it takes to do 10 sets. Because sometimes on that particular day, I might be a bit tired, I might not have recovered fully to where actually, in order to get good quality sets, I can only get seven. The re- the, if I'd done three more, it would just be sloppy, shitty, you know, like yeah. massively fatigued reps, just doing it for the sake of. Yeah. And in my eyes, I would be getting nothing out of that other than just knackering myself out. You, you know what I mean? Yeah, Whereas if you have that challenge yeah. of like, actually, I could be on here for seven sets, I could be on here for 12, yeah. who knows? And I quite liked that because physically, it would be a challenge but also mentally you, you've got that com- like you've, you've placed that competition in your head where it's like well actually but on paper it says here that i'm still good for another set
1: yeah you know what i mean yeah
0: so that's always quite good and plus trust me if you do a set of 10 plus sets 100 or 200 meters to maximal effort you know sometimes that alone is enough
1: yeah I remember you uh, you taught me to do rowing intervals and I just thought they were the most horrendous thing I'd ever done. But what I did was, my takeaway was, because they're really horrendous, I should do as many as I could. And, and you caught me one day doing 20. Do you remember? I, I was remember. like,
0: what the hell? Didn't you do like 20-minute Tabata or something? I was, <laughs> yeah. like, I was doing
1: 20 rowing intervals. When you came over, you said, how many intervals are you doing? I said, I'm on 20. You were my sort of trainer at this point. And you said, what? That's ridiculous. You're not even going to be hitting anywhere near your first yeah. interval. And you said, go take it right back down, six. Six to eight, the same same time as you did, and that yeah. didn't. It's so much quicker. Like, I just why would you put yourself through? Well, why did this? I do that yeah, to myself? Yeah. But one last thing, I think we should finish on is tell people where you are now. What is a typical breakfast, lunch, and dinner for Matt?
0: So typical breakfast for me, um, I've found that I do incredibly well on a protein and fat based breakfast. Yeah. So
1: do you have that as soon as you get up?
0: It depends. I mean, because ideally, I like to get my training session done first thing in the morning yeah. so which we didn't do today because went to take hamish for a walk who then <laughs> hurt himself chasing a squirrel and we spent the morning in the, the vets yeah. <laughs> but typically i would get up i'd have my amino acids yeah. um i'd go to the gym i'd do my my hour or so at the gym have my post-workout shake with protein and carbs uh, typically i'd have whey protein shake by solgar way to go tastes pretty awesome and au naturel as well uh, with like a banana if it was a particularly glycogen depleting workout which is kind of a lot of what i'm doing at the moment um i'll have like maybe some rice cakes with that as well just to vamp my carbs up a little bit more then i I always do tend to have a small amount of carbs in my first meal post-workout so i might have some leftover potatoes Mix them with maybe some leftover vegetables and do myself a little bit of bubble and squeak with some eggs, uh maybe a bit of avocado as well. So I'm getting some good proteins, good fats there also. Um and then but then again, I do like to say so if I'm not training though, I will have a protein and fat-based breakfast. So on that day I might just have smoked salmon eggs, avocado, or some bacon and eggs, um, you know, and have my fish oils. Lunch, typically I don't have carbs, so I'll have more of a protein and fat-based lunch as well. So again, I may well have, I don't know, a steak with some salad and some vegetables and and, and steam the vegetables and then just top those vegetables with with a bit of butter, melt the butter on, which tastes phenomenal. But I always have carbs with my dinner. So again, it might be the form of bit of sweet potato, bit of new potato, uh, even some white rice. Maybe um, I, I like to try and go for leaner sources of protein in the evening, as not to kind of overload my digestive system. So maybe some like some some white fish or some chicken or turkey, as opposed to like a heavy red meat or something. Um, and again, vegetables and salad are always present, like I said with the carbs and, and snacks. V- Any snacks. Snacks, uh, I, I love. Coconut flakes, macadamia nuts, walnuts. Um, sometimes I might just have a like a whole avocado with some nuts as well. Again, this is when I tend to listen to my body, and and if if I've been training particularly hard, you know, quite glycogen depleted, I may have more carby based snacks. So I might have some a banana with some some almond butter or some cashew butter or something like that, just to kind of keep my carbs and my fats up, a little bit of a protein hit as well. Um, but I think essentially for me I just I'm at a stage now where I, I'm quite good at gauging what my body wants and I just I've made this connection now that when I'm doing strength training, I don't need as many carbs as when I'm doing hypertrophy training, which is what I'm doing at the moment. And my body just wants carbs. And my body responds well to having them, but just not all the time. Um, So So more
1: more on training days? than Definitely.
0: I definitely up my carbs on training days because, you know, I do like, I I do firmly believe, you know, I'm a relatively lean individual and I do like getting carbs in my post-workout window for sure. I think that really works well for me. Not some fuss about that when I'm doing strength-based work. You know, I'm quite happy with my protein shake or amino acids post-workout and then a protein and and fat-based meal after that. But again, the carbs in my evening meal always remains.
1: What about the fasting, I suppose, just quickly be succinct because we've gone over an hour but fasting wise what have you done you've experimented
0: uh i think i put up a status about this on facebook the other day about kind of like my view on intermittent fasting in that if i do it it's just by chance yeah. i've just woken up maybe a bit later than i'd like to i've got quite a lot of work that i need to crack on with so i just have a coffee and i've just now my work and then you know it might just mean that i've missed breakfast and i eat lunch at 12 one o'clock it just kind of happened um personally i always feel better for having a breakfast. How much of that is psychological? I don't know, but I just feel better for it. Leptin resistant person that I am, <laughs> um, I do find that if I do miss breakfast, I massively overeat at lunch. Yeah, because I'm I'm quite bad in that sense. That if I'm really hungry, I almost inhale food. I don't yeah. chew my food properly. and I eat way too much. I leave myself feeling bloated um, afterwards. But even if I do know I'm going to be away from food, you know, like I said, because I've just missed my breakfast, I'll just make sure I might just have some amino acids. Um, I've got an awesome product actually by uh, Anabolic Designs called Graze, which is essentially a greens drink with amino acids. That's cool. So that's quite cool. So I know I'm getting my hit of aminos. So I'm yeah. keeping that amino acid pool topped up, as well as getting some good quality greens in me. And got a lot of sea kelp in there, you know. So it's good, full of iodine and etc, cetera, et cetera. Give
1: listeners your top five supplements that you try not to go without.
0: Okay, top 5 supplements. Um curious knows I'm, I I invest more money I suppose in in food. In food, which is how I think it should be. Yeah. Um I mean supplements certainly have their place, but for me, I think you should definitely supplement in your pre, in your pre, pre post workout side of things. So I'm yeah. a big believer in amino acids. Yeah.
1: Um,
0: as a, as, a, as a pre-workout supplement. Yeah. A good quality whey shake as well. Two. I do believe in a good quality fish oil because i think as you know like most people are a bit partial to omega 6s yeah not so much on the omega 3s i'm also big on magnesium you know predominantly for recovery and you know to 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 get a decent night's sleep etc and in men i'm going to say probably zinc as well okay i think a lot of people struggle to get enough zinc through food yeah so again that, that that would go in there is that five
1: that's five wow
0: i mean yeah so that was quite easy actually i thought i was going that's to struggle no you know so for me i mean it, 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 you know this is coming from a perspective of someone who trains who enjoys training yeah. so that's why obviously the, the workout supplements are in there but you know they, they probably invest too heavily in pre-post workout supplements and take every supplement going glutamine creatine pre-workout yeah. post-workout fat burners blah 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 thinking it's just going to get them amazing results I and. Mean, pay not a lot, enough attention to nutrition to to proper nutrition That's and my other biggest, supplements
1: biggest bugbear is you, if you can afford all of that you should be in organic we should and, never be at and, the expense no no but of. you should be eating good quality meat wild fish yeah. you know really investing in that first before you start looking at whey and BCAAs and fat donors but yeah. naturally people want to go there first because it's you know clever marketing but i do think that think of how many times you eat a week that should be your priority
0: there is a spray that's actually by a company called it's called Transdermal Technology, and um, it's by an awesome guy Ben Kumar, who's like a nutritionist, um, and he created this transdermal technology. I was lucky enough to to try it upon its like first release, and as a recovery spray, this stuff is absolutely amazing. So kind of tying in with like the magnesium and zinc that I mentioned earlier, um, and also there's a lot of studies that show. You know, we've been using topical stuff for quite some time, especially magnesium uh, as part of our recovery strategy and to kind of uh, like promote a good quality sleep. TDT Transdermal Technology is by far the best recovery spray that I've used, Um, and I've used a fair few, like Better You, but that I found that quite irritating. On the skin, I mean, not just yeah. generally. Um, ancient minerals we've used as well, which you quite like, but I just... I
1: don't like it because it's shea butter. Yeah, and it so just kind of just
0: makes me feel all greasy and stingy and whatnot. <laughs> so I use this transdermal technology after a workout. So you literally just slather it on the muscles that you've worked, you know, to aid recovery. But I also take, uh, smother it on before bed as well. It smells awesome as well. I'm there just like, oh, it smells so good. <laughs> it smells so good. And and I just think it's phenomenal. So if I was to recommend uh, a recovery spray, I highly recommend TDT, Transdermal Technology. I hope you're not sick of the sound of my voice at the end Never. of that. Um, it did feel a bit bizarre just kind of waffling on about myself for so long. But I certainly hope there were a few things in it that you can maybe relate to and give you a better idea of what my journey is like and, and what's kind of got me to where I am. And as I mentioned earlier, the, the human body is incredibly resilient. But don't abuse it as I did for many years, you know, especially when I was working two jobs, stressing, lack of sleep, training, drinking, placing this huge stress on my body thinking I'm young and indestructible because it does catch up with you. Your body will put up with it for for a certain amount of time before it just puts its foot down and says no more. So don't take advantage of it, guys. Look at your nutrition. Look at your recovery. You deserve to feel awesome every single day or certainly most days, um, which I know I certainly do now. Do you?
1: Yeah, I do. Good. That's a great message.
0: It is a great message, isn't it? And I didn't even rehearse that. <laughs> that was just in the moment, freestyle. Awesome, guys. If you've got any questions based on this podcast, guys, um, please, please, please get in touch. I'd be more than happy to help. Um, don't start leaving any reviews that... i wish matt would just shut up (laughs) going on about himself but no guys (laughs) on a serious note please please leave a review leave a rating it goes a hell of a long way with us if you love these podcasts share them spread the love if you think people are going to benefit from them uh thanks for tuning in again guys see you over in episode number 13 awesome nice one guys Bye. bye